let me say that the political if you like, the political big This is the News Made of Students podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class, you're not black white. Enjoy one podcast at a time, discussing all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem of young black teenage boys. Yeah. Still in lockdown? Yeah. Still in lockdown. Lockdown part three, winter edition. It's starting to snow now as well. Bro, Everyone's like, looking like a snow globe stuck in the house looking through the for window. For <laughs> real. For real. It's so mad. It's so mad. Like this one is really sticking as well. Like mm. but more it's it's not like what last week and everyone was out there taking pictures and that. This time no one even cares, man. <laughs> I've had enough of this, bro. <laughs> nah, I'm enjoying the snow, man. I've been going for some walks to be fair. Now I'm one of the odd ones. Apparently. <laughs> But if you if you also go for walks in the snow, I really it's lit. <laughs> yeah, it's lit. But a lot's been going on, you know, and to yeah. not anything slip by, you know, we got we got a shout out, big 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 achievement to, you know, Ngozi Okonojo Liwala, who's become, you know, he's about to become the first woman to lead the World Trade Organization. She's also of Nigerian origin, you know. Shout out Ngozi. Let's make it, let's not like Nigerian from the diaspora, fam. She's from Nigeria. (laughs) From the continent, fam. Contributed heavily to Nigeria's, like, she she was part of the good luck at Jonathan administration. So she's a Nigerian woman. Nigerian woman that's taken on this role. So it's, it's huge, not just for uh, female uh, empowerment and politics and whatnot, but just it's, 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 he- it's huge for the globe, man. It's huge for the continent. Yeah, it's big news, man. You know, really and she's got quite a good track record and a good reputation for someone that is ready to tackle the difficult situations and difficult scenarios that the world is facing in the modern day, especially with just the increase in debt and the increase in dodgy deals that's been going on, you know, on the global scales. And she's got quite a good record for tackling that head on in Nigeria and creating a better environment in that sense financially. So, you know, shout out her. And it's interesting because because of that reputation of tackling corruption, she actually found herself having becoming an enemy of um Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donald Trump didn't want to endorse her. So it's funny. The only reason why she's um told it's it's important to say she hasn't actually been appointed yet, but it's it's ba- it's basically in the bag. So the only reason why she actually got the 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 go ahead is because Biden has come in and Biden has said, yeah, I'm happy to go with her, whatever. A bit annoying that the World Trade Organization has to wait for America to give their uh, their vote for anything to move, but 
and there's probably there's probably some there's probably some deep way and some intrinsic way they do all this stuff. But um, yeah, but it's huge. Like I said, for the continent because the World Trade Organization has a massive massive say in how or massive has had a massive say and sway in how Africa has developed its nations since you know independence swept the whole the, the continent. Um, you know, it's all about putting us in line with these neoliberal policies that have been made from, you know, America, Britain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, and it's, it's you know, they, I was like, re, like I was saying to you earlier, I was read a, a book a couple of weeks ago uh, that referred, to, that talked about the World Trade Organization, the IMF, the International Money Federation, I think it's called, and the World Bank and how the policies that they try to impose on African nations, South American nations, they're just like, it's like, they're not necessarily created to help these countries develop. They're just really created to put these countries in line with everyone else. Yeah. Not, not really with a focus on, oh, you know what, let's help you lot get to where America and, and, and Britain is, or, or Finland is, and then, you know, we can then try and make a, a level playing field. So, you know, Mm-hmm. Not knowing nothing, not knowing a lot about Ngozi, you know, the way she presents herself, like she wears um, uh, traditional Niger- Nigerian clothing or African clothing, whatever they will call it, uh, Ankara and Native stuff. Like wear. Like, Native wear. I like to think, you know, she's she has a uh, strong Pan-Africanist beliefs and stuff. So, you know, you never know, like having someone at the table and a head seat at the table as well can really encourage um progressive and uh yeah progressive policies to be implemented uh for african nations and other nations that are quote unquote still developing their economies etc so mm. it was very important man very important like it's, it's it's massive yeah man and it's important to you know touch on the fact that these institutions that have been charged with leading out the infrastructure of up-and-coming developing economies as they've been labelled, mm-hmm. have done so not in mind of these countries becoming profitable or sustainable, but instead in mind of being stable. And when it comes to something being stable, there is a neutrality on whether that stability is a stability of progression or stability of decline. Because as we know, on the market, people either bet on things to lose or things to win. So the infrastructure by nature would have either promoted either one of the two environments. And depending on the people that have been charged with it historically, would depend. that was where we would then find what the outcome really is that the leader's intention has been, whether it was for those rules to help the nation succeed or those rules to help keep a nation in decline and in the crutches and in, you know, in an independence, in an dependent state, in a, in a state of dependency where those countries will have to peg all of their major currencies against another currency because their currency doesn't actually hold value, you know? Yeah. So, when we when we look at this appointment and we look at what has been done in the past, we can see that this appointment does definitely bear the face of change for more transparency between the definition of 
what a stable economy is and what how how the World Trade Organization will define that. And we hope that it will bring more opportunities to those countries that have been marginalized under the previous leadership. So it's definitely one to watch and one to celebrate for sure. So shout out Ngozi. You know. Shout out Ngozi, a big, huge, huge, huge. Um, yeah, like I said, victory for Africa, victory for for women. Um, yeah, the victory, victory for everyone, man. It's 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 a it's a huge deal. It really is. It's almost it's it's it like I liken it to when uh, Kofi Annan became the head of the United Nations and stuff. You know, it's, it's important to have very impactful African faces in the air and these in these uh these um Stab- establishments. Yeah. So yeah, very 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 good news, man. Very happy about that. Yeah, man. And you know, mo- moving on to some some controversial news. Did you um? Happened to catch wind of the what's going on in, in British in British television with the documentary of how there's just such a high in proportionate rate of black of black women dying during childbirth. Yeah, so we've touched on like that statistic before in one of our previous podcasts, um, where we we were like shocked about the statistic that black women are I think five times more likely to die. In childbirth than their white counterparts in 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 Britain that is, and um, you know we're discussing the the you know especially with all the stuff with Black Lives Matter where it, where it sparked conversation not only to do with like police brutality but just um, racial injustice in all facets of our society, mm-hmm. uh, in particular the medical medical society, medical <clears throat> industry. Um, you know it's not I don't think it was a shock for us to discover that black people are obviously. Uh, but black women in, in this particular um, instance are obviously five times more likely to die than uh, their white counterparts um, and other statistics where I think black men are, are like two or three times more likely to go unnoticed of having um, uh, any uh, any fatal illness etc etc um, it's, it's, it's a statistic that obviously shocks everyone when they hear it for the first time and you know i'm happy that there is being something like a, a documentary being made for not only us as people of the the community uh but you know the wider public to know like look this is the fuckery that's going on in your your medical institution and it, it's been it's been like that for a very long time and nothing's been done about it so hopefully this will kickstart some sort of change in that in regards to just the treatment of black women, uh, pregnant black women, um, uh, throughout the whole process. And a lot of it stems down to, from what I've read and seen, a lot of it stems down to just not believing black women. And that's that's literally the crux crux of it all, where, you know, midwives and nurses alike, doctors alike, don't believe black women when they're saying they're in, you know, agony and pain and stuff like that. Because, bro, bro, we can go real deep into this about, like, you know, um, there's like studies in America or stuff like that where like uh, white doctors said, said something like um, uh, black people don't feel pain like white people so like black people pain thresholds are a lot higher and stuff so when black women are, are screaming or, or, or in agony doctors are like oh no it's it's nothing compared to if a white woman was to scream in agony or something like that and this is the stuff that's leading to their death um, yeah bro but 
going back to what you were saying in regards to the, the um, talk about production. Yeah, so there's obviously been a, there's obviously been a documentary that's been touted to be coming on air. I don't know when, maybe sometime this year, um, and some controversy in regards to the person who was first, I believe, first uh, appointed to do the documentary. Was that what it was? Um, I believe that they first um, made their interest in doing this documentary public. So I believe that um, Candice was um, pretty much the person that was front runner to put on this documentary and present an idea for it then to be picked up by a TV station and then she was dropped for a shell. Is that Candice? So, so just what, just to clarify, Candice Braithwaite, yeah? Yeah. So from what I understand, Candice Braithwaite has um, uh, personally... Uh, I think written about this subject of um, uh, the mortality rates for in death for black women. Uh, yeah. So she's someone that's literally considered an expert in this in this field, if you want to call it that. She's very knowledgeable, and I think yeah, she did tout that she was going to do this, and I think she was um, she was approached by a production company, etc. And then last minute, from what I understand, she was told that her documentary is not being made anymore. And they've picked up another a, a same same topic. In that same, that same, same time. Same time, but to be done by Rochelle Humes, who was a former member of the Saturdays and is now, I think, I don't know, a presenter or something like that. Um, uh, and I, the controversy, let's keep it a buck, the controversy is, is, is not only that it got picked up by Rochelle Humes, who is a mixed-race woman, um, I think one for, one black father, black, black father, black mother. I don't know something like that. Um, and also, I think it's not. And obviously, colorism plays a huge role in this as well. Candice is Candice is a is a dark skinned black woman, and Rochelle Humes is a mixed race black skinned woman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been reading. I was reading. Like, I've been reading the timeline, going through the timeline and stuff, seeing all the chat about it, back and forth, back and forth. People trying to make justifications, like, oh, you know, well, Rochelle's a bigger name, so she can. I, I thought that was such a bullshit, uh, a bullshit excuse because, okay, she's a bigger name. She was known for she's 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 an artist or she was a performer, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's like getting Roy Keane to do a documentary on why black footballers suffer, I don't know, racism in stadiums and that. Roy Keane's a bigger name than I don't know who's a, I can't even think of a black footballer <laughs> <laughs> on the top of my head right now. Now Roy Keane's probably not the best one to say, but let me think of just any. <laughs> Any white footballer, like David Beckham, for example. David Beckham's a bigger name than Ian Wright, for example. That's the truth. So let's say that getting David Beckham to do a documentary on why black people suffer racism and football and then saying, oh, but, you know, David Beckham's a bigger name, so it's going to reach more people, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas Ian Wright is not only a well-known footballer, but he's someone that has had experience of this and he's spoken about it publicly. From what I understand, Rochelle Humes hasn't, doesn't even speak about Race, racial matters, racial issues in that regard, and that's not to say you know that's that's this is the thing about this thing goes real deep because that's not to say oh because she's of uh, she's a person of color uh, she must obviously always be discussing racial issues etc etc. But I think someone tweeted and again I know that's that's not the most credible thing to say. I should have gone double checking myself. But I then date injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere anywhere, and it's is important to represent these kind of causes, especially when it comes to identity politics as well. And Definitely. then when you're getting commissioned to do identity 
political work in terms of this kind of identity political review of the National Health Service, it's then going to be better to be representative of the victim per se in speaking here rather than it being kind of just, you know, just dipped in from, from the side view, not necessarily someone who's, who's gone through or will go through these certain, these particular conditions in question, you know, and it's, it's a very hard subject. Nonetheless, it's positive that the word is being spread and that work has been done to, to I highlight this. However, you know, I hope that this is not going to be another kind of conservative porn reason for kind of trying to dismantle the NHS either, because this more is, 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 is a systemic, is a systemic form of racism, you know, and regardless of whether it's in the public hands or the private hand, it needs to be dealt with in, in a particular way through this awareness and further training and understanding and education clearly here, you know, and just people being able to identify when these people that are supposedly professionals are truly being negligent and an appropriate kind of response needs to be taken in, in when, these, when these situations tend to occur. Because this frequency is definitely abnormal and it, is, it isn't something that is of nature to happen. Like in the, the difference between how many black women are dying at during childbirth compared to any other race and their white counterparts, especially so, five to one, is just, it's too high. It's, it's just unreal. Like a 20%, you know, that kind of chance, they're like more of habit of dying during what's meant to be the best day of your life. It just shows just the grave negligence that's been taken, especially since pregnancy is not something that happens overnight either. This is a system that has been going back and forth, consulting, consulting, uh, attempting or pretending to show genuine care just to let just to let them down on the main game day, which is obviously one of the worst things <laughs> that anyone can imagine. Trust me, man. It's um yeah, like we said, there needs to be a public inquiry into it because it's actually a madness, absolute madness that that's even a statistic in a modern country like Britain with all the trappings of all the best technology in our healthcare system and stuff that black women are dying at, at, such, a, at such an alarming rate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's um, obviously, like I said, it's, 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 it's mad. And yeah, going back to obviously the the controversy candice has come out i believe and made a statement saying you know what like obviously she wanted to do this because this is a subject that's close to her heart and stuff but she's come out and said that you know what it's important that this documentary gets made irrespective of who does it and it has to come out there obviously us in the community we know who the who the you know who the i would say truth waste but who the expert is or who, who are the experts in regard to this like this discussion or people that have actually been fighting for this discussion on this in this topic to be brought to the forefront. Um, you know, so this is really for the wider, wider public, not people that look like us, but just yeah, the 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 majority group in this country really to to see for themselves what it is that black women have been 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 asking everyone else, yeah, you know, to take to take notice and do something about. So yeah, it's, it's, that's 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 the positive I think that comes out from this. Yeah, um, that's so the positive. That, yeah, amongst all the controversy, that's the positive that comes out of it. Yeah, but yeah, 
is a it's a very the whole subject's wide ranging and deep. Like you can go and you can go into it forever, fam. To be honest with you, mm -hmm. but I think ultimately, I think we no one should lose focus on that. The, the ultimate goal is this documentary needs to get made, and then on the back from this documentary, we hope there's some sort of public inquiry done, and then on the back of that, there's like mass changes in the healthcare sector. No, for real. For real, for real, for real. And that's yeah. what we hope they will implement the, those, these recommendations when it's just, you know, mm -hmm. it's undeniable. You know what I mean? And it, it's funny because why I say it like that in that hopeful way is that when the research is done and the facts are then presented and, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been shown that these these kind of um, injustices are, are being done due to the racial prejudice, especially in the hands of the private sector, the response likely won't be necessarily a desired response, especially if that, if that you know, it just can't, like, what I'm trying to say is, essentially, recently, Google have had two engineers quit because of the, of the treatment of some of their fellow colleagues. And their, their colleagues in question, especially uh, Timit Jabru, have brought to light some disparities within the treatment of, of, the, of their staff in terms of opportunity that has been given to their black staff and then the direct effects of it showing that there's not actually any um, of their black um, senior staff that were of black heritage, you know, and you know it, it. It goes back further because there was there was um there was another person that was fired, Christina Curley from Google, and she was a black recruiter who who was fired because she brought to light the the injustice of the recruitment process in hiring people, how it actually was set up to kind of exclude black candidates from actually having an opportunity to be hired. So more examples of this systemic racism that courses through, and it doesn't matter whether it's in the public sector or private sector, but at times it can even be even worse done in the private sector as they have interest in just dismissing people rather than having to address it due to the fact that their only accountability is profit, you know, because Although Google done this, I have to admit that I used the Google search engine to find this information. So they're still going to make revenue, even though they've done this mad injustice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, when you, brought, when you brought it to my attention, it's mad because um, is this about, the, so is it, is it about like the algorithms and stuff? And how the algorithms like just don't pick up black faces? Pretty much, and that was um, in Christina Curley's case, that was the situation. However, in Timit Jibri's case, she done um, research that, that was quite, quite thorough to show that there, has been, there hasn't been as much diversity inclusion as has been suggested by Google, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the higher level roles within their organisation. Yeah, but that's always going to be the case with all these um, big tech companies, I think. Yeah. And that's always been the case, and I'm, you know, I'm happy that someone actually came out and said it. But obviously, to to what you know, to for him to lose his job is a fuckery. Yeah, and, you know, the job. Yeah, 
companies like that, like that have so much money and stuff, like bro, all they're gonna do is bury that. It's, just, it's gonna be buried, and there's not like whether any tangible things happen from it. We'll wait. We'll, we'll wait to see. But um, but that thing with the that whole thing about the algorithm is mad though, because that's what I you not know, see on Twitter where they put two pictures, one of a black person and a white person, and Twitter just doesn't pick up. I know this is obviously Google, but the, it just doesn't pick up the black face. And it's so mad, bro. Like, I, again, I don't work in tech. I don't know much about tech in that kind of way to know how yeah. the algorithm works and stuff. But it's like, it just totally ignores the black faces. It's crazy. And it's, crazy. it's just got wider implications in general, especially when they're using, using you know, these this technology to essentially dominate the future, dominate the future of service, dominate the future of decision-making, dominate the future of a lot of aspects of human society and human living, you know, and if they already have these biases because of the lack of inclusion in, like, black people using the services, then when it comes to, you know, things like facial recognition being used in law enforcement, already there's, we see a bias just in the way that the stop and search procedure was being used in the UK. Just imagine how much more dangerous it'll be when it's left in the hands of AI that's been programmed by like-minded people. You know, it will be done on a more swifter automated system that is less accountable because people have relinquished the superiority of thinking to these machines unknown but always trying to disconnect the fact that these machines are being programmed by people. So it's still people's influence being, being um, kind of fulfilled just with a faster calculator, something that can add faster, multiply faster, calculate faster, but they're calculating yeah. the thoughts of real people faster. So mm. there's still going to be human prejudice involved yeah. in these systems. Yeah, always, always. Prejudices are always going to come to the forefront of anything that, you know, human beings are trying to develop and stuff, whether they want to or not, whether they call it what unconscious bias, whatever they want to call it, is always going to come to the forefront of anything they do, you know. I'm sure, like, again, I'm going to throw Instagram on the bottom, I'm sure there's algorithms that don't put black influencers that come up first and stuff on people's timelines and stuff and all that kind of shit. Like, I'm sure there is, man. It's... um it's it's yeah that's, that's that's probably the next big thing to spark controversy and um and stuff in the future but uh well you know with the with the case that you just mentioned it's obviously clearly happening already yeah you know and and it's just interesting because obviously google's owned by alphabet who also owns youtube and mm-hmm. these are the most visited sites in the world you know and the questions, why are they trying so hard to keep black people that are capable and qualified and merited from getting the top top jobs at Google? Like, is there something to hide? You know, is there, is there, is there, is this some sort of boys club? Of course you know? it's a boys club. No. You know Definitely what I mean? Yeah, I mean, why there needs to be a strong push, and there is a strong push in like some parts of the world for black people in this country and across the diaspora to really get into STEM, um, so that you know, because these these are the industries that are the future. They're now and they're the future. So we really need to push black people more into STEM and not bloody 
Lauren and 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 okay, no, I'm not gonna say I was gonna say medicine, but medicine is important too. But, <laughs> you know, the your typical ones. Um, so yeah, no, nah, stem, stem's the one, bro. I'm telling you, stem. Yeah. Diversify and more opportunity out there than rather than just you know two, two horse races. Nation time. Yeah, it's nation time. Nation building time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's it's, it's been a, it's been a good one. It's been a good one. It's been a good one. Hope everyone is good and staying in good spirits. Please always thank you for sending us, you know, things that you'd like to be discussed. That's always welcome. You know, we got we we've got, you know, two pairs of eyes here and two pairs of ears. But because of all the engagement, you know, now we have we have more pairs of eyes and ears that are on the lookout. So thank you to the listeners. Just um stay safe, stay prayed up. Yeah, we're gonna beat COVID. We're gonna beat the vid. We're gonna beat it. We're gonna beat it.